Episode of Real Education, the, the musical. musical. Mm, glorious. You kind of got the low end over there. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm one of your hosts, Wendy, joined as always by. I'm Vinny. And Mike. And we are here this week to talk with to you Bama. Uh, with Bama. <laughs> Hello, Bama. Oh. That's what the, you're going to hear the tail whacking around on everything. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, dumb doggo. Bama, lamb. Episode, oh, episode three of the Fosse Apocalypse. Yes! Fussy, fussy, fussy! It's third? Yes, it's the it, third. We are continuing in our Fosse Apocalypse. Fussy, fussy, fussy! Down the rabbit hole. And uh, we are going into a movie that I love, a stage play I love, one that I think should be more of a classic that everybody knows about, and yet pff, nobody does it on stage anymore and like people don't know the movie which I just think is a crying shame and uh, that is The Pajama Game Mm. I'm not even like the music's now in my head but I'm not even going (laughs) to sing it because I don't want to spoil it so what do you guys know about The Pajama Game um the title (laughs) and (laughs) that Fosse's involved yes that's pretty much that's pretty much it so I I was actually thinking about this earlier because it's come up a bunch, and so I was thinking about the things that I know, either that I've absorbed from um, conversations we've had on the podcast, or just conversations from being friends with you. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's a thing that happens. Um, so obviously, yeah, there's Fosse, I know, um, so it's, the director is, oh, it's the the guy, the you know him. singing in the rain guy. Yes, Stanley Donen. Stanley Donen. Okay. Yeah, yeah, he uh, does know him. He's a, it's a, I was like, it's the free, it's one of the free unit well, guys. I remember yes, now, it is. I remember now having heard that before, but. Yeah, um, Stanley Donen, fe- frequently collaborator feel like it's full them. of a bunch of other you-know-hims. I'm sure oh, it will be. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I know Doris Day's in it. Yes. But, like, there's going to, I'm pretty sure there's other people that are like, hey, this person was in this thing that we covered, and this person was in this, I just don't know who any of them are right now. Uh, You're going to see them and go, <laughs> oh. Is this one of those, those nexuses? Um... No. Okay. Uh, and the reason for that is Jack Warner, Warner Brothers, he made a package deal. Uh, he loved Pajama Game and Damn Yankees, which was a one-two punch on Broadway. And he made a deal. George Abbott directed both of them. Wait, did George Abbott? George Abbott was involved with Damn Yankees, but I can't remember. When we get to Damn Yankees, I'll clarify. <laughs> but the point is that Jack Warner made a deal to for the film rights and... He agreed because what he wanted to do was get Stanley Donen film and George Abbott Broadway and get the two of them to work together to bring over those musicals as mm-hmm. faithfully as mm-hmm. possible. And in the process of doing that, he signed on to bring over as much of the Broadway cast for both shows with the caveat that at least one of the stars had to be a bankable movie star. So you... That's how we get Doris Day. Yes. So uh, most of the rest of the cast of the Pajama Game is the Broadway cast. Okay. Uh, The original female star got, she got replaced with Doris Day because that's our 
movie that's star. That's how we make money. Yeah, yeah. that's how movie stars <laughs> stand in. That's what gets people in the door. Right. And then they get to see a faithful adaptation of The Pajama Game. Right. Which, it's pretty faithful. They cut about four songs from the show, but other than that, it's a pretty faithful adaptation. So the other thing I know is that this came up first on the podcast um, during Newsies. Um, and so I remember, because that was not too long ago that that episode actually released, <laughs> uh, there's something to do with labor dispute in it. I know that because that was how it came up was that I was like, you know what makes for a good musical labor disputes when we were watching the bad newsies. And then we saw that done well later. So hopefully we're going to see it done well again. You are I mean, right. really as long as it's better than bad newsies. Like <laughs> I know that's a low bar. Now I, now I kind of want a whole new property that's bad newsies, <laughs> yeah. and it's all about delivering bad news in a musical format. We're on to something. Uh, yeah. did, I don't know if you guys saw that uh, my friend Allison, um, she, so somebody that had like on Bumble that had confused Bill Paxton and Bill oh. Pullman, and was like, <laughs> Bill Paxton was like my childhood dad, and then named Bill Pullman movies. <laughs> And uh, she was, how dare she? And so uh, my friend Allison was like, you know, I had the biggest crush on Bill Bill Pullman in Newsies when I was a little girl, and I was like, can you imagine that? That's not one you hear very much. <laughs> yeah. Of like all the girls I knew that had crushes on characters in Newsies, I don't think any of them were like, yeah, Bill let Pullman. me get on that reporter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, except. They were probably all crushing on Christian Bale until you watch him, and then you're like, close your mouth. Yeah. And all mouths close but mine. Well, it's like there's Christian Bale, there's, um... Crutchy. <laughs> and let's Definitely not... the hottie of the group. But there's him, there's, uh... Let's um, not forget the guy from uh, Brooklyn. Brooklyn, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, <laughs> With his hat. Yeah, and then the guy from, um... Doogie Hauser. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah, yeah. Max yeah. Casella was his is his name. Yeah. There's like several people that I was like, these are the ones that girls had a crush on, and then my friend Alvin was like, nope, Bill Pullman. <laughs> <laughs> Which like, I get it. It's cool. Yeah. Sure. He was. They were trying. He's very hard. charming and handsome. They were trying hard to make him a movie star. Yeah. The, and it didn't Too work. bad he was a dad by the time he was like, like he had that like oh, yeah. older dad feel by the time he was like 30. <laughs> yeah. Watching Spaceballs where he's supposed to be the romantic leader. Where he's supposed like, to be Han Solo. <laughs> yeah. Just, no, no. Oh gosh, no. Anybody else a little creeped out? It's a little yeah. creepy. Anyway, we're anyway, going to watch a different this is, movie. This is now a Bill Fullman podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's a podcast I would sign on for. Right, actually. yeah. There's a lot, there's a lot to like about that man. Hey, Etc. 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 Yeah. Um, but we're gonna watch we'll the pajama game, which is a different labor dispute. <laughs> uh, this is um, Fosse's. This is Fosse's first Broadway musical. Mm-hmm. So, okay. uh, in terms of the timeline, we just watched My Sister Eileen, which comes before. That was released as a film before The Pajama Game. But in fact, doing The Pajama Game on Broadway is what got him the job on My Sister Eileen. Okay, I understand. So it's sort of a weird thing. But he was brought in to do, to stage his dances for film. So what you see in the film is not just 
somebody trying to remember what the dances were. Fosse was brought in and is credited as the choreographer so he could stage his own dances because that's what Jack Warner wanted. He wanted the Broadway show on film. So so the dances are... They're Fosse. Well, yeah, but like they were what was on stage yes. as well. Okay. Um, They're not just I, like adapted to it. It's just like... I mean, he's. Th- he, I guess you. I'm sure, I mean, they have to sure he adapts him a little bit. Yeah, but he's, like, he adapts it for. But for the most part, it's the, this almost the same, I guess. Yeah, and he's he's trying new things than what he did in because remember he had already done my sister Eileen by the time he worked on the film version, mm-hmm. and so he was still doing kind of old style. If you remember the alley dance of. He filmed it in a very classic right. MGM musical style. He's starting to try new things. Oh, fun! Okay, okay. not like it's not going to be like hugely like, but he's he's starting to like First try to learn more about the film version of staging. Yeah, staging awesome. musical numbers. So there's some good things in there. Cool. So let's go watch one of my favorites. Like this is one of my favorites. Okay, we're back. I know a dark, secluded place. A place where no one knows your face. A glass of wine, a fast embrace. It's called Hernando's Hideaway. Ole! Just knock three times and whisper low that you and I were sent by Joe. Then strike a match and you will know you're in Hernando's Hideaway. The screen flashes with excitement as Warner Brothers happily lights the world of entertainment with new brilliance in the George Abbott and Stanley Donen production of Love, the John McGame is the game we're in and we're proud to be in the pajama game. We love it, we can hardly wait to wake and get to work at eight. Nothing's quite the same as a pajama stars in your eyes love never made a fool of you you used to be too wise introducing professor vernon hines master of a flying blade can you knock the apple off my head hinesy one two three I think you're wonderful, and I love you. But we're in for a lot of trouble. No, baby, why should we be? Because something's going to come between us. I think I'll take a nap. Oh, I see you. You don't need to drop anything. You abandoned woman, you hussy! After the way you behaved, taking your pants off in Mr. Hassler's office... I got... Heat, but I need your love to keep away the cold. Boy, 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 bo
they say that nobody ever loved as much as he. But me, I love you more. So guys, that was the pajama game. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> it was I liked fun that a lot. It was it was a lot sillier. Yes. I mean, I don't know what I expected from um, anything called pajama game, but I had no idea what to no. expect outside of fun. what we had talked about with the people that were involved. Well, but I mean, silly. But there's an actual story. Oh, there is. Yeah, yeah. I like that. It's neither like. It's not the story you think it's going to be. Because, mm-hmm. um, like, the first act is pretty much a screwball comedy. Um, you know, screwball romantic comedy. And then the second act is where they actually get into all of the stuff. But even then, the labor dispute stuff is so, like, it's so who fluffy. gives a shit? Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's kind of just an excuse for everything else to happen more than it's its own. I mean, it is its own plot, and it has all the, like, everything gets resolved, kind of. Uh, <laughs> except we don't know how the, that guy was embezzling the money. Uh, yeah, but, we're pretty um, sure. But, yeah, there's no, uh, it, it's not like in Newsies where, like, that whole thing drives, like, that is the plot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, from uh, here the start. it's just kind of like that gives a reason for everything. Well, that's the conflict that comes up between um, Sid and Babe. Yes. Well, and like Guys and Dolls, the real conflict is I'm on one side and yes. you're on the other. Yeah. And neither one of us wants to stop being the people oh, we that we are. Guys and dolls. Oh, we're gonna do Guys <laughs> and Dolls. Um, that, by the way, is one of my top five musicals ever. I'm with you. Ever. Oh, it's, yeah. And which is probably why I like this one so much because it's again it features a female who is very strongly in a time where that was not typical. She's a yes. very strong, independent woman. Like, no, this is what I do, and this is who I'm going to be. And you don't seem to understand this is important to me, and I'm not going to give it up. Which I like. She's very like the first time you see Doris Day in this movie um, when she comes in after. Um, Sid has the like grievance committee. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's a committee unto herself. Yeah. yeah. Well, she comes in and she has that like, uh, she has the white shirt with like the the collar that's flipped up, and then the the uh blue like um coat type thing over it, like a lab coat type thing. Uh, she looks very. The only way I can think to describe her, she looks very Rizzo from uh from Greece. <laughs> Well, the hair and the popped collar and the pencil skirt, I can and, see it. And very just like, I run this shit, like, you fuck with me, I dare you. Yeah, she really does have just sort of a look like, you're apparently a problem I've got to deal with now. Yes. I was definitely, yeah, at first glance, the, the pompadour, I, I expected a different personality yes. than the one that we got. And I'm glad that I was wrong in my assumption. <laughs> But yeah. Uh, yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> Sitting there, you're like, she's not gonna take no shit. I mean, she didn't, but like, but she did it with a nice, with a nice smile. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have thought of Rizzo as you said that, but that's a perfect. <laughs> that's like the initial that's, yeah. shot was just like, oh, and then I was like, oh, 
Not like by the second scene she's in, I was like, she's not really that, but okay. Um, so the credits came up, and who else is in this movie? Uh, well, there's Eddie Ford Jr. Yep. Um, who who is delight? <laughs> well, problematic, but delightful. <laughs> like he's, it's a fun performance, although he's doing things that are like, why? His number with, um, what's her name? Uh, Retta? Yes. Uh, it might is, be Rita, but it's spelled R-E-T-A, so... Yes. Who is the cook from Mary Poppins. <laughs> yes. Um, his number with her, which was uh, Never Be Jealous Again, I think um, it's called. Something yeah. like that. Um, is... Trust char- her. Trust her. Trust her. Trust That's her, right. Yeah. I'll trust her. Uh, so charming <laughs> and so silly. And so, I mean, it's kind of fucked up. But also, then they dance together, and it's super cute. <laughs> like two older people. Yes. Doing a whole soft shoe number, just the two of them. It's just a duet. Yeah. And pretty extended. I'm like, please and thank you. And then the other person in it is Carol Haney. That's the. I'm surprised one. you didn't start with her. Well, I save the best for last. I get Eddie you. Foy out I get of the way first. Which but, we saw him in briefly in Yankee Doodle, Doodle Dandy. Dandy. Yep. In Yankee Doodle Dandy, yeah. But Carol Haney, of course, where have we seen her before? Uh, on the Town. Mm-hmm. Um, was she in uh, um, Kiss Me Kate? Yeah, she was Fosse's partner. That's what I thought. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I she, knew there was a, yeah. She was his dance partner when he did that. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Bit by bit, putting it together. Um, she's fucking wonderful. <laughs> she's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't she though? She's just... Just mean mugging. Yeah. But it's not... Like, what I like is that she's silly, and she does a lot of, like, mugging to the camera, but it's not to the extent of, um... What's her name from Broadway Melody? The, uh... Oh. Or not Broadway Melody, Ziegfeld Follies, Funny Girl. Um, uh, Fanny Bryce. Fanny Bryce. It's not to that extent. Like, it plays better on camera than, like, that did. Um, yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, it, it never really broke the, like, that fourth wall as, yeah. it, at least as seriously. Yeah. Like, this is just, that's, she's just one of those rubber faced people who reacts yeah. with her face. Yes. Um, and she's got a great and face. She's just delightful to watch. And she's, I didn't realize she was a singer as well, because mm-hmm. um, we've only seen her as a dancer. Well, like I said, this is the only film performance where she ever had a speaking role. She also died like seven years later. Yeah, too, which that is, is, I was reading that. I didn't that, know that is yeah. why she had a lot of health and mental problems. She was also a diabetic, which complicated things. Yeah, what I read was that she got pneumonia that was complicated by diabetes and alcoholism. Yeah. But which she's drunk half of this movie, so... Okay. <laughs> I, like, was reading that as the Hernandez hideaway scene was happening. I was like, this makes this kind of sad now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Carol Haney was, and we covered some of this when we went through like on the town and some of the other ones. Carol Haney was originally Jack Cole's assistant. Mm-hmm. Jack Cole, we know is amazing. Uh, and then Gene Kelly Stoller. 
And then Bob Fosse showed up and stole her, so that woman got around. <laughs> she apparently liked men who were brilliant dancers and choreographers. She um, she was one of Fosse's first muses in that she danced like he did, and she knew what he wanted and could give it to him. And so her doing Fosse brought her to Pajama Game because of Kiss Me Kate. Okay. said, I really want her in this show when he was signed to choreograph. Mm-hmm. And George Abbott, the director, fell in love with her because she was so funny. And basically, How could you not? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> she was supposed to just be a featured dancer, and there was another speaking role that was going to be the 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 love interest mm-hmm. opposite of um, the Eddie Foy Jr. character, Heinze. And instead, what he did is he combined the two roles into Gladys and into Gladys and oh, said, okay. "You're going to okay. play yeah. this. You're going to do all of it because you're hilarious." And she is, she is. <laughs> and she won the Tony for best supporting performance in oh, a musical nice. for an actress. She was also after this. So, do you guys know the famous story about Shirley MacLaine in this musical? Nope. Uh, Shirley MacLaine in this one or in Funny Girl? No, in this one. Okay. Pajama Game is why we have Shirley MacLaine. Gotcha. She okay. was she was Carol Haney's understudy. And Carol Haney, after working with Jack Cole, who we know was a perfectionist, and Gene Kelly, who we know was a perf- and oh wait, Bob Fosse, also a perfectionist. Right. She was a work horse. She never missed a show. And Shirley MacLaine was actually on the train to the theater and was thinking that she was, you know, she's going to turn in her notice because she was never going to go on for Carol Haney. And all she was doing was just getting lost in the course. She needed to do something else. So she showed up at the theater intending to give her notice. And instead they're like, oh, my God, you're here. Carol Haney broke her ankle and you've got to go on. You've got like. Oh, I read that was for Funny Girl. Nope. It's Pajama Game. Hmm. Um, Get and- your shit together. And like she had like, she had like, you know, go review your dances. You're going on tonight. She didn't, she didn't deliver it hundred percent. Cause of course she went on in a rush, but a, um, a talent scout from the movie studios had come to watch this amazing Carol Haney person that everybody was talking about. Saw Shirley MacLaine in steam heat and went, I love her. You want to do and signed her to a movie contract. She went out to Hollywood, got a major career because Carol Haney broke her ankle. <laughs> Well, that worked out nicely then. It worked out well for her. It's a very famous story of how of this show and Carol Haney and Shirley MacLaine, that all kind of goes together. Mm-hmm. But after this, Carol Haney became a choreographer, and she actually choreographed Funny Girl. Gotcha. That's probably okay. how you got this twisted. She choreographed Flower Drum Song, some other musical I've never heard of, and Funny Girl, and was nominated for Tony's for choreography, and then, of course, she died very young, which is very tragic. She was, she like, was, 39. Yeah, mm. she was an amazing talent. Yeah. So that's Miss Carol Haney. There's your review of all those facts. But let's talk about this movie. So it starts in the factory. Oh, I see what it is. Okay, where I got it confused was it was talking about her death, and they said six weeks after the opening of Funny Girl, which she choreographed, she died six weeks after yeah. Funny Girl opened. And then it said, and 10 years to the month after she injured her ankle and was replaced by Shirley MacLaine. Ah. So they were like right by each other, which yeah. is where I was, like, I was like, I swear it said Funny Girl. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Um, anyway. So uh, open, So the other very famous name in this is John Raitt, who is Sid, the major love interest. John Raitt was a huge Broadway star. The original Curly in the original Oklahoma, the original Billy in the original Carousel, and of course 
the originator of this very famous role. Um, and it's in this show that he sings the song most associated with, with him, which is Hey There. And this is his only film performance, pretty much. This is it. This is what we got. This is the only record we have of what it was like to see John Raitt perform. And he's pretty good. I mean... A little creepy. Um, That's not on him, though. <laughs> no, it's not. It is on the role. Right. Well, I will say... He plays it really well. I think it would play better on stage. Yeah. I think he... I think it would also play better in 1954. Raspberries! Well, oh, yeah. that is definitely true. But I do... There have been complaints that he's a little wooden, that he's a little stiff. Yeah, I can I, see that. And I think it's that there's a part of him that's still posturing big for stage. Yes, I can see that. I was going to say, like, I, sure. his, I think, yeah, his, it's forgivable the, knowing his background or what you've told me of his background and seeing it that way. Because but, when he goes... Every, every physical movie does is very big, yeah. sharp, and very... Like deliberate. Yeah. Deliberate and held. Like, when he leans in, he leans in. And then he's standing straight. But you were going to say. Oh, I was going to say, when he... Because he only really gets two numbers... Uh, he gets Hey There, hey there and then he gets um, Small Talk, and he gets There Once Was a Man. What is Small Talk? Which one is Small Talk? Small Talk is when he's putting the moves on her in the yeah. kitchen. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I love uh, that. Okay, movie. he gets, I've forgotten about She Small wants talk. to make a Western, and he wants to bang. Yeah, <laughs> he wants to fucking bang it out. <laughs> well, Pops is going away yeah. for three days, and the minute, the Dad, minute her Dad's father says town? that, you can see his face be like, oh, you're leaving. Well, I my favorite part of that scene is they're on the porch, and uh, her dad's leaving, and he's like, Sid, you come by any time. And I was like, yeah, just come by and throw a bone in my daughter, whatever you want. <laughs> um, but, no, when he does the, uh, what's it called? Once was, There Once Was a Man? Yes. Um, his, pl- like, that is when his, like, big performance pays off. Mm-hmm. Because he's still yeah. like that one. He's playing very big, and that I mean, it's that's what that number's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's so fun. Like as soon as he went on, I was like, "That's why he's in this movie." I get it now. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. he's great. He's yes. great in that. I bet yeah. he was amazing on stage because he's got such a big presence mm-hmm. that I think it actually gets in the way on a film a little bit. So, um, but I'm, I still love his voice. Mm. Oh, he has a great voice. And he's, and he's got a very masculine presence too, mm-hmm. which is real nice. And I mean, oh, he's real barrel chested and like, he's, just, a, he's a manly looking man. Yeah. Manly looking man. How great is May? The, um, She's the, the May is woman. Oh, yeah. wonderful. Yeah. She's the one who's drinking beer all the time. And she's sassy. Yeah. She's got a great big brassy voice. Yeah, incredible voice, yeah. I loved her. All of the women are wonderful. Like the so the one of the I guess the first number. Well, the first number we get is her. Uh, her the first one's like well, right it, at the beginning. Well, it's it, not really. I mean, it opens with Sid coming up to the factory, and and he admits later that he bluffs his way into a superintendent job mm-hmm. um, because he used to just be a cutting room manager, and so he talks his way into a job, and then it very quickly, and then it cuts to Eddie Foy, who's the floor manager, and he sings the pajama game, the theme, yeah. while they're right. doing the credits, and then it goes into the little uh, racing with the clock Racing number. with the clock is what right. it's called. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 
I was calling it hurry up because that's like what they say at the beginning. Like, yeah, hurry, it's like that's hurry the, up. like the hurry chorus. Up. Yeah. Um, it's not that one that I'm thinking of. Although they're all great in that one too. It's the I'm not uh, I'm not at all in love. Yes. Uh, After the grievance committee and yes, because it's where Babe is singing, which we'll get to Babe in a second. Uh, but where she's singing and you watch all of the, that's a great number to watch all of the ensemble in the background because they're all doing something and it's all delightful. Well, they're all the Broadway cast. So yes. yeah, they, they were people very comfortable like, in their roles. Yeah. Well, and also like very much like you can try to tone me down for the film, but <laughs> I did a thousand performances where I, I was told to do something and I was going to do it. Right. And they had a spotlight to shine on the star. And if I wanted to get noticed, I still had to do some shit. Right, right. <laughs> stage actors, what are you going to do? Um, okay, so let's start at the beginning. So Sid yeah. shows up. He's like, hey, give me a job to the manager. And the, the conflict over the raise is already on the table. He walks into it. All of the, all of the workers yes. are like... Everybody oh, yeah, else side chatters all about which is, kind of in, which is kind of important because it's why Sid is ultimately not culpable in any of the yes. stuff at the end. It's right. Because it's just like, oh fuck, he has to find out about all of it because it was going on before he got yeah. there. So he shows up and everybody's already talking about everybody else in the industry has already gotten this raise. It's only right, it's what we're owed. And of course, seven and a half cents in nineteen fifty-four was a considerable amount of money, actually, the way it would compound oh, for sure. onto their checks. Yeah, so I did a whole song about it at the end. <laughs> <laughs> um, Don't think I wasn't looking up those dollar totals. They were like the inflation on those. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, because you could get a ping pong table with solid gold paddles. <laughs> apparently, not sure about that. There um, may have been a slight exaggeration. <laughs> there. Slight exaggerations. <laughs> So uh, everybody's talking about it. They're already there's, they've already formed a union, and Sid immediately and all the girls see Sid and are just like, "Hey, what's up with that?" And s- two days later, Sid is fixing one of the machines, and there's this weasley little guy who's supposed to be helping, but they're just complaining about how maybe mm-hmm. I should go work someplace else. And Sid's like, "Hand me the screwdriver. Yeah, <laughs> will you hand me the screwdriver?" And and when the guy doesn't, Sid shoves him out of the way and grabs it himself. And the guy's like, no, my arm. Oh, you <laughs> broke my arm. My weak arm. <laughs> and he start, really plays up. I'm going to the grievance committee. And, and oh, Retta, um, Mabel. Mabel, who's mm-hmm. played by Retta Shaw, the cook from uh, Mary Poppins, is like, yes. uh, like he's going to go to the grievance committee and... Like, you're about to get your ass handed to you. <laughs> right. And he's like, I can put up whatever. It's like, oh, here comes Babe Williams. I can handle him. And it's Doris Day in a high business mode of like, this man says that you hit him. That's a shove. Can we call it a shove? <laughs> and so that's their meet cute. Yeah. Uh, my favorite is, and this is jumping ahead just a slight bit, but um, is that when it's revealed that like she's basically going to drop it because this guy's just been exactly what we saw him be, but she's like, he doesn't even have a bruise on him. I was like, so you can hit people at work as long as you don't have a bruise. <laughs> well, it was the fifties, but I also took that to mean like the way he was describing right. it. There yeah. should have been bruises. Yeah, it was just so funny. She's like, 
He doesn't have a bruise on him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's see. So Just use a phone book. Yeah, it's fine. Just smack <laughs> him. Bag of oranges. Oh, so let's talk about <laughs> racing with the clock since that's kind of where we are. Yeah. Yeah, that number is great. Well, because they they've got all the props of all the sewing machines. It's a perfect and the introduction steam. to like the facility and the characters and yeah, and the iron and the the little steam things that are blowing the arms up on a shirt. I don't even know what that does, but it looks cool. It looks cool. That's all that matters. I don't know what those were. Uh, I loved that visual. That's one of my favorite visuals in the movie. Is <laughs> yeah. they look like those like inflatable. Dancing man, yeah, yeah, tube man, yeah, yeah, like a car dealership. (laughs) Um, But my favorite thing about it is when they do the reprise of this song, uh, right uh, during the um, work slowdown. Oh yeah, everybody has slowed down, and then even the steam machine has slowed down, (laughs) and so the arms are just real slowly. Like they've got, if you look, you can see they're kind of on like wires or something, so they're slowly raising them up as everybody's (laughs) moving in slow motion, and to be clear, listeners, they're not running the film in slow-mo. Everybody's just moving in slow motion. Yeah, because Eddie Foy runs in, and he like grabs her arm and like moves it across and everything. Oh, it's great. But yes, the, uh, that, that number is just wonderful, because it's, it's just a great introduction to the factory and to all of the characters, to the ensemble. Um, and it's just fun. Like, it kind of sets the tone for the whole movie. So, here's what's interesting. Um, Fosse, this was his first choreography job, right? Mm-hmm. And Fosse was a nightclub dancer. Right. He was trying to be make himself a star. So, he gets... And he got hired because Joan McCracken, his wife at the time... They they did Kiss Me, Kate, and Fosse asked out of his movie contract. They go back to New York, and Joan McCracken was in a show that George Abbott was directing. Took him to the movies one day to see Kiss Me, Kate, because she knew that George Abbott was working on a new project. And took him to see Kiss Me, Kate specifically to be like... How about that scene? Look at, look at, yeah. look at what my husband can do. Oh! Oh, I'd like to hire that young man. Yeah. Okay. And so he did hire him, but... George Abbott was like in his 60s. He was the king of Broadway. He was a machine. He believed musical comedy was a formula. You did it by the book. There was a specific rhythm to things. This is when you would focus on the main couple. This is when you'd focus on the secondary couple. This is how many songs. He would give actors line readings and he'd say, do it like that, but real. Like, he was just like, and if anybody like tried to get arty or like, but what's my motivation? He would kindly invite them out into the lobby and fire them. He would not have time for that shit. Like, over here real quick, get the fuck out. Yeah. yeah. But not like get the, just like, that's very nice no, that you're an actor. This is not the place for you. Goodbye. Um, so George Abbott being George Abbott hired Jerome Robbins. Said, you know what we're going to do? I, I like this kid. I think he's got talent, but I want a known quantity that if this kid is a flake or can't deliver the goods, I, sure. I've got somebody. Right. Jerome, will you co-choreograph? And Jerome Robbins, with his eye on the prize, wanting to move over to being a director, was like, I will co-choreograph if you also allow me to co-direct. And George yes. Abbott said, yes. Okay. And that's how Jerome Robbins and Bob Fosse became friends. And so, actually, George Jerome Robbins was the one who staged the numbers. So anytime it's a great big number that isn't dancing, like the hurry up number, mm-hmm. that's more Jerome Robbins because Jerome Robbins, Bob Fosse didn't know how to do that shit. Right. 
And Jerome Robbins, Fosse even says in his biography, like in the biography, there's a quote of him, it's like, it was amazing. In two hours, he walked up on stage and banged out this whole number. And the way he had people moving to highlight a line and nobody ever stopped, but it was all focused. And it was a gesture to highlight. And Bob Fosse was just soaking it all in, all of it, which he eventually took. So I'm watching this movie now going, oh, look. I'm watching a Jerome, Ro- Jerome Robbins number right now, not a Bob Fosse number. <laughs> right. This is very interesting to me. Hmm. It is It is interesting um, because I kind of noticed that it wasn't super Fosse early on. Yeah. And we'll get to the number. <laughs> well, there's one number and then there's another number. <laughs> yeah. Like one number is kind of like, Okay, now I see it. And then the other one's like, oh, that, no, yeah, this, there is a whole, is. this is what people think of when they think of Fosse. Yeah. There it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a little pajama game history. So they nobody was confident about doing a show about a labor strike. This was how yeah. Prince's... Like, yeah, what, what the hell? Yeah, What's why would fun you? or funny about that? Yeah. <laughs> Hal Prince, first time producer on this. Mm-hmm. They couldn't get enough backers. They were short. So Hal Prince and the other producer, whose name I'm forgetting now, actually took jobs as stage managers to cut costs (laughs) for the show. (laughs) And um, the last week before they opened, they actually asked the the entire company, not just the actors, like the costumers, the set, like everybody, to take a pay, to hold pay for a week. Everybody... Took wow. like four four went their pay except Eddie Foy. <laughs> also, this is a really weird uh, show to do that for. <laughs> right. They were, but they were like, we've got seven and a half cents from you. Yeah, we've <laughs> yeah, got to exactly. open. Like, this whole thing is about everybody trying to get paid more, and they're like, but not you guys, y'all. Yeah. Should just but everybody, <laughs> thank like, you for your work. Like yeah. nobody was getting paid. Yeah, right. Nobody, not even the higher ups. No, like for that, they just all just forwent a week's pay on the promise of we'll pay you back if if we can open and get this show going. But even on opening night, they were all they're like, we like it. Uh, <laughs> Hope everyone right. else does. The crowd went nuts. Yeah, no, like they were losing it after every number, and even then they were still like. Maybe. And then the reviews came out at like three in the morning. They're like, hot damn. This is one again, this is another one that it's like those are things that are lost to time that are very unfortunate because Broadway's so resistant to recording things. Yep. Um, Could you imagine fucking seeing like. Oh, yeah, the original run. The original cast of this. If I ever had a time machine, if a time machine ever (laughs) became a thing. Oh, my God. Being able to see how they Everybody's sing. like, oh, you go back and see Shakespeare. I'm like, no, I'd fucking go back and see Barbara Streisand in the original Funny Girl. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I'd see John Wright and Janice Page and Carol Haney take the stage for the first time. Oh, my God. It would be so cool. So, yeah. Um, anyways, a little history. I'm going to keep sprinkling that in because <laughs> I've read the entire Fosse biography. <laughs> so, um so anyway, so uh, the grievance committee, Babe. Okay, let's talk about Babe for a second. <laughs> babe. Her name is Babe. Her Williams. name is Babe. Her Babe is a nickname. Her real name, if you catch it, is Katie. Sure. Did not catch it. But that. everybody calls her Babe, and it's really weird. 
because yeah, because throughout we kept forgetting off, that her name was or that her that her commonly referred to name was Babe. So first like, off, they do a lot of hitting the, on her. <laughs> hey, babe. Oh, they do a lot of the thing that no one really does when they're talking to people. Uh, it's like if I was in the middle of which is yeah. If I just say a sentence and then say Vinny at the end of it to indicate that I'm talking to you and remind the audience that that's your name. Uh, they do a lot of that. Yeah. So it comes out as blah, 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 babe. Um, and it sounds like they're hitting on her for a second until you go, oh, yeah. But what's funny about that also is I have a friend whose name is Honey. Oh. Uh, and we used to work together, and she introduced herself to me, and she's like, I'm Honey. And I was like, do I have to call you that? <laughs> because... I don't feel okay with seeing you in, like, the kitchen at work and being like, hi, honey. <laughs> uh, and so she was like, well, you can call me Honey Lee. That's what everybody does with it for a while. And so after a while, you get used to it. But uh, that's all I can think of every time they're like, <laughs> babe. Um, and then there's also this whole thing where um, Sid is basically sexually harassing her the whole time at work. Um, and so that... On top of the fact that her name is Babe, I'm just like, this is a whole bunch of just weird shit going on. It's true. <laughs> yeah. The anytime you watch a 1950s musical, there you're gonna trip across something, and you've got a supervisor hitting on his underling, and you're like, oh, that's not okay. And aggressive. I was say you you yeah. kind of skimmed over the the severity of it at least at the beginning. He's, he's like, hey, 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 yeah, it's aggressive. And she is, is saying no, and she's not being coy. The first thing but he does she, is assault a coworker. <laughs> then he harasses the woman who comes to deal assault with Assaults a coworker and then tries to just, like, sweep it under the rug. But, but nah, it's not a big to deal. be fair, the dude did overreact. Right. But no, still, it's like, does that, then harasses the, <laughs> the woman that comes to deal To be fair, um, I'm going to point out that we get I'm not at all in love before we get the big hit on scene. Which is a way of softening that she is that's interested. True. That's right. true. You're right. So, so that that's I'll setting that, that up to where it's not so much like, dude, she's saying no. It's like, well, I mean, we all know she's saying no because you're the supervisor and this is not an, not appropriate. But we all know it. You two are into each other. Yeah. So, and it's the 1950s, and we know better now. And yeah, do we? <laughs> We are supposed to know better now. Many of us know better now. Sean Rate would know better now. He is a <laughs> hero with a voice like that. He would know what to do. He would know how to say it with good words <laughs> and not be so aggressive about it. Well, he could. You could be. You could be aggressive as long as you were aggressive in the right way. Like I think you, you direct could be or direct. forward. Yeah, you don't want to be aggressive. You want to yeah. be direct or forward. That's a better way. Vinny, you class act you. <laughs> I mean, I'm just, yeah. It's, it shouldn't be that difficult. It is. It, it is. That's what I'm saying. It shouldn't be, but. But it is. Um, so, yeah. So, I'm not at all in love. And we talked about that, which is a, such a cute it really number. Is. It's well, I especially good. love the, like, the, the little, like, you know, the tidbit you gave us about that number where Doris Day's shows up for, for you know that number with people that have been through a thousand performances of this. <laughs> yeah. She's just like, how am I even going to kind of like pull this off? Yeah, stepping into the mostly Broadway cast who've done it for, God, almost three years. Yeah. And 
Uh, hi, my name's Doris, and I know you've worked with Janice for three years, but she got kicked out, so let's work together. Hey! hey. I find it interesting because Doris Day has such a lovely, smooth voice, and her stylings in this are Janice Page's stylings, because mm-hmm. if you listen to the original Broadway cast, Doris Day, and I'm sure part of it is that they wrote for Janice Page, and that's also how the numbers were expected to sound. So she was trying to make the numbers sound right. But it's so not her normal singing style. Yeah. You, you, that that's real what, yeah. brassy tone that she mm-hmm. adopts. Because it wasn't bad at any point, but it seemed like out of Having only seen a couple of tone. Doris Day things, um, I even I was kind of like, this feels just... And I couldn't put yeah. my finger on it, but that's what it is. Something yeah. felt a little off. Um, it's clipped and it's brassy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, originally, she wasn't going to be in the movie, though. Did you see? I did see <laughs> uh, while we were doing it. I don't remember who. Oh, well, I know there's a different male lead. Yeah. Originally, they was were it, they I were not going to do bring, my reading on the side. So they were going to keep I Janice did it while Page. We were the movie. They were going to keep Janice Page and replace John Ray. Sinatra. Yes. Yeah. Oh, wow. And then Sinatra backed out, and so they decided to swap it. It's probably he, for the best. Yeah. Like, Sinatra in Sid Saroyan's role, I'm not going to buy that. No. No. He's not manly enough. Like, if that's... If yeah, he, any man any man without an ass? Like, yeah. <laughs> don't buy it. Comedy tonight. Comedy. Uh, callback. <laughs> Hashtag callback. <laughs> That's when you bring back Howard Keel, man. <laughs> <laughs> Howard Keel. Oh, you know Howard. Fucking good. Oh my god, I just got the vapors. <laughs> oh, 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 boys. I don't know how old he was. At I this need a point, moment. But like, hmm. oh, what'd you say? The movie was. This was when fifty. This was um, just a couple years after Kiss Me Kate. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, he would have been perfect age for it. That would have been something. That would have been a thing. <sighs> he would have fucking blown that role up. So um, I don't know if he was the box office draw they were looking for, but yeah, I mean that might have been it. Uh, Yeah, Doris Day was a big star at this point. Yeah. Um, So Janice, here's what's interesting: is Janice Page denied this role. So the what she did instead was she got to be she had a really great role in Silk Stockings. With Fred Astaire and Sid Charisse. Oh, nice. Very good. So when we watch Silk Stockings, yeah. you'll get to see Janice Page. Oh, so cool. That'll be great. And I'll be like, she was the original babe on Broadway. And then you're all going to be like, what? Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> y'all never remember these things. I sure You, you remember them. We do eventually. Names. Yeah. When I remind you, you go, oh, yeah, that's right. Um, it's also when you just like rapid fire watch a whole bunch of movies <laughs> from one time period. Uh, you go like. Fuck, which movie? Like, how many <laughs> yeah. times have I been like, was that Broadway Melody, or was that this, or this, or this, or this, or this, or this? Because uh, they all kind of blend together when you've only seen them once, and they've all been... Which one was the Fred Astaire number where he was great? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> what movie yeah. was that in? I feel like I saw... I mean, saw I can him. tell you which one was racist <laughs> as hell. Uh, pick that one out. It's easier to pick out the horribly offensive ones than it is the ones where it's just like, that was charming. Which one had Sid Charisse's legs? Um, yeah. yeah. Well, we just had... Uh, which episode did we just have? Uh, Bandwagon. 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 Yeah. Yeah, that's another one 
that I'm like, which fucking movie was it? And then I was listening to the episode, I was like, this is the one with Dancing in the Dark, which we called Dancer in the Dark throughout the whole episode. Um, by the way, not we, you. Uh, you do it too. I mimic you because I didn't want to call it out. <laughs> I was like, we'll just let it go. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. Uh, Vinny's the one who eventually, he eventually like, says it, yeah. Like calls you out. Vinny's a jerk. But yes, so that was listening to that episode was when I was like, that's what this is from. I remember now. Um, and that's kind of like when we watch all of these back to back, I just go like... I've had the same problem because, I mean... Sure, I can't fucking tell you. Which I'm glad to have seen them, but a lot of them I've only seen the one time. And so it's like, I remember the pieces, Especially but they when they're, when they're similar-ish. Yeah. And especially in the way that they look. Like, it's easy with, speaking of Howard Keel, Kiss Me Kate sticks out. Right. Uh, Kismet. Fucking sticks out. Yeah. Uh, all of these that have like very signature looks to them mm. or that kind of stuff, it's like very easy to pick apart. But like these um, ones, especially. On the town, always fair weather, my sister Eileen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pajama it's just game. like they could be. And, well, pajama, pajama Game, I feel like. I feel like that, one st- that sticks out. That one's probably going to stick out to me. My sister Eileen might just because of how wonderful and how much I loved. Um, Brunilda Esther Hazy. Uh, yes. Oh, great. Now I'm blanking on her name, too. That is her real name. Uh, yeah. It is. It's now her real name. It doesn't matter. Uh, okay, but back to the pajama game. Listeners, as usual, we got very excited by all the wonderful things in the pajama game. The cast, the music, the comedy, and of course, the dancing. And what that means is, part two is next week. Jazz hands. We hope you enjoyed our film fixation. We'll see you next time on A Real Education.